What's up, peeps? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's your boy, ex-NFLer turned yogi, Evan Britton. It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day. I hope this finds you living in your power, standing in your highest greatness for the greatest good of the universe, because we need you. Put down the phone. Amazing. Blow up your TV, read a book, step outside, move your body. Take a deep breath and feel the magnificence of your humanness and your beingness. The profundity of this transcends all walks of life, all ways of being. Because when you slow it down to zero, you are now blessed with the ability to do and create whatever thing you want. Out of nothing comes everything. Think about how fast you're moving right now, where your mind is. You've got a million emails to respond to, phone calls to make, meetings to schedule, people to talk to, tasks to write down, errands to get done. Think about how overwhelmed you are with all of that right now. The thought of coming to zero to getting completely still, doing nothing, do absolutely nothing but breathe and sit there. It fills you with panic because you think that you're running out of time. But when you actually slow down to zero, bring it all the way down to nothing, all of a sudden you're blessed with the energy to do everything and anything you could possibly imagine and dream of. All of it gets done in a moment. Every email gets sent, boom, done, without even a thought. It just happens because you've completely surrendered and let go. That is an excerpt from our book, A Life Worth Dying For, available right now on Amazon. Check that out in the show notes. There will be a link. Also, we've got A Life Worth Dying For merch, y'all. Awesome stuff. T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags. Some really fun gear, inspiring gear. So check that out at Higher workshop, excuse me, higherpowerworkshop.com. Link for that will be in the show notes as well. Check that out. Um, Would love to see you guys join me and the Power Tribe on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. That link will be in the show notes. Get bonus ebb and flow content, guided meditations, breath work exercises, yoga flows, motivational speak, Words of awareness. Also, I'm offering group sessions. Today, actually, we did a breathwork and yoga flow with the Power Tribe live on Zoom. There are various packages available there on Patreon. Would love to see you guys join. I'm also offering ebb and flow coaching. These are one one hour sessions one-on-one sessions each month. There's a limited availability there. So if you're interested, check it out. We'd love to connect with you. All right, y'all. Today's episode, Good and Evil, The Nature of. Most specifically, focusing on evil. However... It is interesting as you think about it, good and evil, flip sides of the same coin. So while they may seem 
worlds apart, two separate concepts, entities in their own right, they are in fact one in the same thing. Something I've been tangling with lately, and I felt like it would make for a good podcast. So, good and evil, y'all, an exploration. Lots of love to you guys. Have an epic rest of your day, and I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, y'all? How are you? It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day. It's a solo roll. I enjoy doing these. This the the content or the topic of discussion today has been something I've been working through for a little while now. Good and evil, most specifically the nature of evil. What is it? Does it exist? Something I've been grappling with for a little while. And I'm excited to dive in. I've got some some literature to tap into. I've got quotes from some very high-level thinkers throughout history who have commented on evil. Um, before I get into that, I thought it'd be fun to, if you guys are interested in some of the supplements I take, uh, today I'm chewing on this Lucy nicotine gum, super clean. It was a gift from Dave Asprey. You chew it 10 times, park it in your cheek, super clean. Nicotine is, yes, it is, it can be highly addictive, but it's also a powerful nootropic. Uh, And I really enjoy it. Just lights the brain up, gets me into the flow. I really enjoy it. I also took two capsules. So I'm at 600 milligrams of Pramiracetam. This is a nootropic. It's fantastic for memory recall, uh, accessing information. It's one of my favorites, honestly. I, I take it before most podcasts, and I feel like it just, it I'm able to find the words more fluidly as a result. It's fantastic. You know, I suffered a lot of concussions during my football career, so I'm always looking for any way I can to optimize my brain function. 
That's why I meditate. That's why I exercise. That's why I eat clean. All of these things cultivate a healthy brain on the physiological level, but a healthy mind on the cognitive function level. I also took, I like to stack my pramiracetam with phenylpyracetam, another racetam. These are nootropics. They're fantastic for brain function. This is a stack that's worked for me. I learned about this stack from reading Dave Asprey's book. Which book was that in? I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> um, it's fantastic stuff. So anybody interested in what I do, that's part of my routine, especially on podcast days. So today's episode, good and evil, more so focused on the aspect of evil. What is it? So in my, in my spiritual evolution, I less and less feel like the term spiritual makes sense because I am descending into a place where it's all spirit, the physical, the mental, the ethereal, it's all spirit. This whole thing, this vessel, our physical bodies, it's all a manifestation of spirit and this whole world, this whole universe is spirit in motion. So to use a term like spiritual, it, it really compartmentalizes in a false way the experience of the conscious evolution. So as we come into a place of knowing God, knowing a higher power, getting to know our higher self, tapping into the center of our being, as I say, you come to realize that God is in everything. God is in everything. The ebb and the flow, life and death, the darkness and the light, the sky and the earth, the trees, the birds, the bees, the humans. And my brother said something to me when Sonny died. And he said to me, and I had heard this before, but in the moment it was so profound. You know, God is not some buffet line where you're standing in line and you're going, oh yeah, that's God, but that isn't. This is God over here, but that's not God over there. So when you come into that perspective that God is in everything, spirit is in everything, we can no longer differentiate between
between what is good and what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. And I say that from the point that on a physical level, we can differentiate between those things. But it becomes more and more difficult to extract the evilness, the wrongness, the darkness from the light because it's the flip side of the coin. You know, I look around me in this world. This is why I say I've been really working through this and struggling with this, grappling with it. Less struggling and more grappling. I would say, and I say that because struggling denotes a certain resistance. We're struggling with something. We're resisting it, really. But if you're grappling it with it, you're working with it. You're dancing with it. You're moving with it. You're allowing it. You're accepting it. And you're moving and navigating through it appropriately. So I look around the world and it's very easy. It's very easy to say, oh, that's fucking evil. That person is acting with malintent. That's an evil person. And What that does, once again, as with all of these political concepts or human concepts that have been weaponized politically, what that does is it creates isolation, it creates an I-ness, it perpetuates the I-ness, it perpetuates division. It perpetuates separateness. And none of that really does us any good on the road to empowerment, self-realization, unity. Because the moment you start doing the thing, as I've talked about, the pointing of the finger saying that person's really fucking evil. And they are making my life hell or they are doing X, Y, and Z to the planet or they are doing X, Y, and Z to humanity. We immediately create in our subconscious mind a state of victimhood. Now that is not to say, as we'll get into here, for instance, Fantastic quote from Martin Luther King. And there are many others like this. To ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Or what Einstein said, the world is a dangerous place, not because of those who do evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. So that is not to say that we don't call it out. 
when we see the wrongs. That is not to say that we don't acknowledge and snuff out the persons who are committing actions or taking actions that perpetuate pain and suffering in the world. And perhaps this is already becoming so paradoxical that it's difficult to understand where we're coming from here. But being in that state of victimhood, blaming the finger pointing, saying that's fucked up, that's wrong, that's evil, it disempowers us. Which is what the powers that be, the government, the institutions are all thriving on, the media. They're all thriving on this collective state of disempowerment, of victimhood, that is plaguing humanity. So let's jump into it. One of my favorite quotes. I've been saying it a lot. Maybe you've heard it on the podcast. Socrates said, there is no evil but ignorance. Let that one sit for a minute. There is no evil but ignorance. Now, this is all very difficult. This is all very difficult to accept. It's, it's very challenging to allow the idea of there is no evil but ignorance to settle in. There's a lot of horrors in the world, a lot of atrocities. Genocide. Child sex slavery. Pedophilia. In Honduras, there's feminicide happening where the women are being killed in these towns because gangs are overrunning it, raping and killing the women. In Africa, so many atrocities have, have occurred throughout. In America, all around. From the material paradigm, from the physical dimension, it's incredibly difficult to say there is no evil but ignorance. But what does that mean? What does that mean? There is no evil but ignorance. And if you take the idea that God is in everything and every single person is doing the best they can with what they have, Jesus Christ said as he was being nailed to the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. What does that mean? So can we come to this place where we allow the possibility that every single person living on this planet throughout history has simply been doing what they think is right 
to achieve a certain level of happiness or wholeness or a sense of doing good, and yet their actions have had horrific results. Their good intentions have caused massive amounts of pain and suffering. I'll use this example again. It is it's a difficult one and an obvious one, the Holocaust and Hitler. Hitler believed he was doing the right thing or the good thing. He believed he was making humanity better, killing Jews. He had that belief. He was doing the right thing, the good thing. And yet millions and millions of people were killed senselessly. Innocent people were fucking massacred. Now, from a from one plane, you go, well, Hitler was an evil individual. That's true. His actions were no doubt evil. But from his perspective, he was not acting from a place of evilness. very difficult, very challenging to accept that on an emotional level. As I'm talking this out, you know, new things are coming into mind slavery on one hand the people who are perpetuating the slavery throughout history slavery is a concept they are looking to boost profits, boost production for minimal cost. And they're not taking into account the lives and well-being of the human beings who they are exploiting. So it comes into a it comes to a conversation of awareness, the state of awareness of the individuals who are causing these effects, who are taking these actions. So intention, intention, the intention of the individuals becomes apparent. What is their intention? 
They may very well have good intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. We can apply that to today. In the COVID paradigm, lockdowns, mandates, restrictions, taking away people's livelihood, shutting down businesses. We can say that the, the intentions of those in power making decisions to put all of these things in place, they had good intentions. It's for the greater good. We have to all stop what we're doing Lockdown, not leave our homes, not go outside, not connect with our loved ones, mask ourselves, do X, Y, and Z. It's for the greater good. Not having any awareness of the aftermath or the potential pain and suffering that will inevitably be caused through those types of decisions, actions, mandates, etc. The road to hell is paved with good intentions is a really, it hits deep for me. There's something... I can apply this too in my own life path. So I came out of football and I very organically, inevitably found my way into cannabis advocacy. Cannabis was a very powerful healing mechanism during my football career. Suffered a lot of concussions, a lot of physical damage to my body. And I found intuitively, I found a lot of peace and healing through the cannabis plant. When the pharmaceuticals wreaked havoc on my body and mind, my spirit sent me into complete physiological disarray and chaos. Cannabis was the thing that brought me back to balance. With the brain, we know Federal government has a patent on cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants. They've seen, we have seen, we know through scientific research that the chemical compounds found in the cannabis plant can actually help the brain heal following a traumatic brain injury. And it can even help protect the brain from future events. So I came out and I shared my story and I talk about this and I talk about the power of cannabis as medicine. But what I've seen, and I've seen this in my own family, I've seen this in the people I've come into contact with, that my good intentions of spreading the word of the healing power of cannabis can very easily be translated to someone who doesn't necessarily see the whole picture or grasp the whole concept 
or is looking for validation or legitimization in one way or another in their own life can very easily slip into, oh, well, Ebb, who's a former professional football player, said cannabis is healing. Therefore, it's cool if I just smoke weed all day and play video games. Not my intention, but an inevitable effect of the cause that I have perpetuated, the actions I have taken. You know, I see young guys all the time. They come to me and I can tell that they've really bought into cannabis is good no matter how it's used. So it doesn't, therefore it doesn't matter. I can just smoke weed all day. And they come and they say thank you to me and say all this stuff. And they appreciate what I said. And on one level, I recognize that there's something, there is something of value there because it opens a person up to feel less shame and less guilt about what they're doing, self-medicate, whatever. But on another level, my message has perhaps hindered the growth and the evolution of a person because they have now taken my message and used it to validate a... half-baked, if you will, (laughs) perception of reality. And this is inevitable. Buddha said, when I speak, I compromise myself. What does that mean? I've talked about it on here before. Words are symbols. And every time we speak, the words that we use They travel through the ether. They get picked up by the various beings who are in the path of reception. And our mind takes the information in and it creates this structure, this this model to understand the concept of what is being spoken. And every single word has very specific connotations and symbolism to each individual person based on their life experience, their environment, their chemical makeup, all of that. Is this making sense? And the idea of good and evil They're the flip sides of the same coin. So inevitably by doing good, there is some evil, there is some evil being created, cultivated in some corner of the conscious field. Inevitably. Looking outside, light and darkness. The sun shines down on the earth. Just in my front yard, you see the shadows that are inevitably created from the trees, the cars, the people going by. 
you can't have one without the other. And I was listening to this Ramdas talk the other day. And he was talking about when he really first came into meditation. And he fell so in love with meditation because it brought such a a wholeness, a completeness, a bliss, an ecstasy into his life that he had never experienced before. And he was working with this famous guy, Joseph Goldstein, a, a famous meditation practitioner. And he was doing this meditation and he was feeling so much peace and bliss and, and magnificence inside of himself. And he went to Joseph and he said, Joseph, I just, I can't thank you enough, man. I've never felt so much peace and so much bliss ever. And Joseph said, that's really nice, man. It's really nice, Richard. Why don't you go back over there, sit down, and just continue listening to your breath. And what was so fascinating about that is like we're seeking peace, we're seeking serenity, we're seeking goodness. And when we're seeking all of those things, we're we're still caught in the dualistic paradigm. of this and that, of other, of black and white. Because inevitably with peace or serenity or bliss, the flip side of those coins is chaos, pain, suffering, sadness, anxiety. which really just completes the circle of experience in this human, in this physical realm, in this material realm. Have there any been, have there ever been any good, truly good actions that have not resulted in some malefacts, some evil cultivation or some evil eminence, some eminence of evilness that crops up in the midst of the good doing. I believe it was Confucius or it was in Lao Tzu's Tao Te Ching. Where he said the goody goodies are the thieves of virtue. It's an interesting one. Here's a quote from Mary Shelley. No man chooses evil because it is evil. He only mistakes it for happiness, the good he seeks. Now that comes back to that point, right? There is no evil but ignorance. (sighs) 
This is why all the spiritual teachers, the gurus, the yogis, the sadhus, the mystics, what do they all talk about? They all talk about deepening your relationship with self. Meditation. Going within to find the answers. There's something else that is frequently talked about in the spiritual circles. Again, I'm using that term to identify where we are. And like Buddha, when I speak, I compromise myself. We all do, you know. How do we get to a point where we are not adding to the karmic weight of society, of our community, of ourselves, of our family, of our friends? What does that look like to not add to the karmic weight, to not perpetuate the pain and the suffering? As strongly as I feel about certain things that are happening in the world right now, I have come to realize that it is not necessarily helpful to go swinging the battle axe into the digital crowd of people, shouting my righteousness and my truth. For a number of reasons. One, you can't really convince anyone of anything. In this day and age where we've got literally the White House is talking about working with big tech companies to censor freedom of speech, which is a monster violation of the First Amendment. Progress only happens through open dialogues. Agree or disagree. But we can only get to the higher echelons of understanding and knowledge if everyone is able to express their experiences and perspectives. But you're never going to really convince anyone. You can share the information, and that may be helpful. But who is to say what's true and what's not true? We like to lean on this idea of science being real, science being the authority. But even science is constantly ev evolving. Science, the, 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 the fundamental philosophy of science is truly about constantly being malleable and flexible and able to evolve with as new information comes in. It 
And on the quantum level, there are infinite possibilities. Your body, your physical body, has billions of cells. You have a very unique, specific genetic chemical makeup based on your lineage, your parents, your family, your environment, your lifestyle. It's all very unique and specific. Who is to say what's right for you because it's right for this person over here? It doesn't even make sense. To make extreme generalizations about how things are or what things are. Once again, there's relative truths and there's absolute truths. Relative truths are dictated by space and time. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Those are relative truths. And then there's the absolute truth. The absolute truth of the universe. Much different things. Gus and I were talking about the other day, and that podcast will probably come out before this one. To say, in this day and age, to say what's right and what's wrong, or to say what's true and what's false, or what's the what's the right thing to do or what's the wrong thing to do and if you're not on this side you're a bad person and if you're not on this side you're not a good person etc whatever it might be it's so limited and not only that but once again it perpetuates the divisiveness it perpetuates the otherness it perpetuates the idea of us versus them which has really not gotten us anywhere Human beings evolved. We are the most successful species on planet Earth because of our ability to to be, uh, to cooperate, to come together, to work together. There are four planes of reality, the spiritual plane, the emotional plane, the mental plane, and the physical plane. And on each plane, there's a different structure of functioning. Things that are true on one plane are not necessarily true on another plane. So this idea of good and evil, as we're talking about, I mentioned a handful of horrific manifestations of darkness, of evil throughout human history. 
on one plane, it's very true. It's real. But on another plane, is it real? Is it true? Do the concepts, do the pillars of good and evil hold up at the higher planes? Another quote here from Jane Goodall. Being evil is something that only humans are capable of. Which brings me into this Vivekananda, living at the source. Yoga teachings of Vivekananda. This is a powerful book. A little background on Vivekananda. He was a disciple of Ramakrishna, very powerful saint in India. And when Ramakrishna was passing, dying, he told Vivekananda, you need to go out into the world and spread this message spread these teachings to the world. And so he came to America. And it was at... Vivekananda appeared on the American scene at the Parliament of Religions during the World's Columbian Exhibition in Chicago in 1893. In his very first speech, he began with the words, Sisters and Brothers of America. This warm and sincere greeting addressed to an audience of several thousand stirred his listeners who responded with an ovation of several minutes. Here was a man with a message of tolerance, a plea to end bigotry, an appeal to recognize the equal truth of all religions, and an assertion of the innate divinity of every man, woman, and child. It was a new message for America. Such affinity developed between Vivekananda and Americans that he stayed in the West from 1893 to 1897 and came a second time from 1899 to 1900, teaching to one and all. One of his opening, his opening lines, everything in the universe is struggling to complete a circle, to return to its source, to return to its only real source, the self. Now, he has a lot, there's a whole section on good and evil, the forces of good and evil. And what I appreciate about this, because you speak to a highly evolved spiritual person, and they will say there is no such thing as as evil. And I appreciate that. There's also something else I'm working through and grappling with in the evolution of humanity. We must be willing to stand up against evil. World War II, for instance, Nazi Germany was wreaking havoc on the world. If no one stood up, if we said, you know what? Eh, evil doesn't exist. God will take care of it. We could have very well seen Nazism perpetuated 
across the globe. Why not? They wouldn't have stopped. Hitler wasn't going to stop anytime soon. If Abraham Lincoln hadn't put his foot down and said the South will not secede from the United States, slavery is an abomination of human rights and the American Constitution of every man, woman, and child is born free with the God-given inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, slavery would very well have continued. So Vivekananda really takes this into account, this idea. And bringing it back to the microcosm of the human being. We are God manifested in physical form. We are the animal and the Godhead. Our brain is a physical manifestation of this concept. We have the reptilian brain which is rooted in survival, fight, flight, freeze. We have the prefrontal cortex, executive decision-making, the Godhead. Our consciousness is vast. And we have access to all of these things. We have the ability to create whatever world we envision. And with that comes great responsibility. Is that from the first Spider-Man movie? Not the first, because there was a, a first one in the 80s, which is great. I highly recommend it. But the first one with Tobey Maguire, with great power comes great responsibility. So that comes down to our awareness, our state of awareness, our level of, our, our level of being. Are you able to take into account the future effects of every cause you enact? So Vivekananda, the forces of good and evil. This is chapter two, the human condition. If it is true that you cannot do good without doing evil, and whenever you try to create happiness, there will always be misery. People will ask you, what is the use of doing good? The answer is, in the first place, that we must work for lessening misery, for that is the only way to make ourselves happy. Every one of us finds it out sooner or later in our lives. The bright ones find it out a little earlier and the dull ones a little later. 
The dull ones pay very dearly for the discovery and the bright ones less dearly. In the second place, we must do our part because that is the only way of getting out of this life of contradiction. Both the forces of good and evil will keep the universe alive for us until we awake from our dreams and give up this building of mud pies. That lesson we shall have to learn, and it will take a long, long time to learn it. To me, when he's talking about the bright ones and the dull ones, it's really the matter of the consciousness, the clarity of consciousness. The bright ones being the ones who have put in the work to polish their their perception. The dull ones being the ones that are a little bit more clouded. And that hits. The evils that are in the world are caused by none else but ourselves. You know, one of the arguments against God is that if God exists and there's so much evil and pain in the world, why doesn't God simply take it away? The evils that are in the world are caused by none else but ourselves, going back to Jane Goodall. Being evil is something that only humans are capable of. We have caused all this evil, and just as we constantly see misery resulting from evil actions, so can we also see that much of the existing misery in the world is the effect of the past wickedness of man. Man alone, therefore, according to this theory, is responsible. God is not to blame. The two conjoint facts of perception we can never get rid of are happiness and unhappiness. Things which bring us pain also bring pleasure. Our world is made up of these two. We cannot get rid of them. With every pulsation of life, they are present. The world is busy trying to reconcile these opposites. Sages are busy trying to find the solution of this co-mingling of the opposites. Opposition to a righteous work initiated with moral courage will only awaken the moral power of the initiators the more. That which meets with no obstruction, no opposition, only takes men to the path of moral death. Struggle is the sign of life. Can any permanent happiness be given to the world? In the ocean we cannot raise a wave without causing a hollow somewhere else. The sum total of the good things in the world has been the same throughout in its relation to man's need and greed. It cannot be increased or decreased. The sum total of the good things in the world has been the same throughout in its relation to man's need and greed. It cannot be increased or decreased. Greed. What is greed? Greed is this insatiable hunger for more, more pleasure, more goodness, isn't it, at the end of the day? 
more wealth, more power. Do you talk to, talk to somebody like, obviously hypothetical because he's probably not that easy to, to get a hold of, especially these days. The Jeff Bezos, $200 billion plus is his worth. And he probably feels like that still isn't enough. I mean, look at how he pays his workers. People can barely afford to feed their families. Most of the people working for Amazon. And yet this man has accumulated a massive, massive amount of wealth. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But. Is he blinded? by his insatiable thirst for wealth and power? Is it so pleasurable that greed has overcome him? Is he blinded to the effects of his mission His egoic mission. I have to say that living at that level, it occurs to me that you can only be living from the, the mental plane. There's not much intuitive heart functioning in there. Because when you come down to the heart level, and you find that infinite bliss and compassion for the planet, the species, all living light, all living beings, all life, it would be impossible to continue down that path. I understand this is, like I said, this is a difficult concept to wrap the mind around. And I say that from the place of having difficulty with it. And going back to what I said earlier, having intensely strong, visceral sensations around the happenings of the world currently, I'm very mindful about how I am going about Spreading my truth. I said earlier, it's difficult to convince anyone of anything. It's also 
important not to perpetuate fear and paranoia. Because that doesn't do any good. That really doesn't do any good either. We don't need more fear in the world. There's enough of it. Vast majority of the human population is functioning from a state of perpetual fear and anxiety. And that's a very low level of consciousness to be functioning at. And it's not sustainable. We're seeing it. We're seeing the effects of it. So how do we empower one another? How do we live in our truth, stand up against evil or immoral action or the ill effects of well-intended causes? How do we reduce our contribution to the karmic weight of the whole? We become more mindful. We become more aware. We become more engaged, tuned in, activated, empowered. And as a result, we, were, we will become more uplifting of one another. We will become more compassionate. We will become more connected. We will become more unified. I hope you guys got something out of that. Maybe it made sense. Maybe it didn't. Maybe you're thinking, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? (laughs) And that's okay, too. I appreciate that very much. And I'm sure this will be a topic that I will come back to. But it's fascinating. Um, all right, y'all. Well, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of this community. I'd love to have all of you join me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. Join the Power Tribe. There's bonus ebb and flow content there. Lots of good stuff. I'm doing group yoga and breath work and guided meditation sessions. I'm also offering ebb and flow coaching. These are one hour, one-on-one sessions each month. There's a couple packages available on Patreon if you're interested in that. There is limited availability, but would love to see you guys there. Lots of love to all of you. Have an excellent day standing in your your truth, living in your power, because the world fucking needs you. All right, y'all. Much love. See y'all on the flip side. Peace.